Welcome to Many Talks Podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance, and investment. Okay, Rhys Many here, host of Many Talks. Um, back in the studio again today, I've got a fantastic guest with me. Um, one of Britain's most successful young entrepreneurs. Um, she built a business, started a business when she was 16 years of age. Um, now, I know that a lot of young entrepreneurs that listen to, to our podcast and our viewers have been asked in, you know, what it's like to start a business at a young age. So what we thought we would do is get somebody in that's had the experience in that field. Um, so Liv, thanks for coming over. I know you've flown over today sometime. So she's flown over from Marbella today to, to be with us. Yeah. So thanks for coming over. Thank you so much for having me. I'm no, glad to be here. Yeah, no, no problem at all. And you, you brought the weather with you, I see. Oh, yeah, my <laughs> God, look at outside. It's so miserable. <laughs> so, um, Liv, just want to talk to yourself today, really, about your journey, um, why you started in property. Um, the podcast itself, as, as you know, is about entrepreneurship, property development, um, and, and a few other things that go with it. You're in the property sector yourself, so I want to talk to you about your property journey and, and your business. Um, but also what I find intriguing and why I wanted to speak to yourself on my podcast, because social media right now is massive. Yeah. It's booming. Um, and you're, you're very heavily involved with helping entrepreneurs grow their, their following. Um, so before we start, let, let's talk about your business that you started at 16. Yeah, okay. So basically when I was 16, yep. my mum had taken me along to a property education company um, to learn how to invest in property. Okay. She bought her first property at that point. Um, when you was with her? When I was with her, okay. yeah. At, um, at, at that exact time? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're going to flip the property. So basically we refurbed it, we added loads of value to it, um, but it sat in the market for three months and it didn't sell. Okay. Um, so after that period when it didn't sell, I thought, like, this is empty. People couldn't imagine how to use the space. So I came up with the idea, although property staging exists, there was no one pretty much in the UK that was doing it at an affordable price. And how old was you at this time? 16. Oh, you were at 16 so at this time? I was time. still at school. Okay. Um, and I thought, let's dress the property, so let's make it look like a show home. Show people that what each space can be used for. Yep. Um, we staged it and it sold within three days. Oh, so you've so that's where and that's how you got into property staging. Yeah, that's how the idea was born. Um, I then went networking. I was sixteen. I looked sixteen. Okay. And I was trying to convince you know suited men that yeah. cushions and throws and artwork was going to make them more money on their property deal. Yeah. Um, people were skeptical at first, but it works. It works, and and that's what you continue to do now, and that's what your business does. Exactly. Yep. Every day, three hundred a year. I'm all around the UK. And do you do it for other people or do you own the properties and then dress them up or do you dress them up for other people? So we dress up for other people okay. um, in the main. So we do people that are flipping properties, service accommodation, we've just, just done a hotel. Um, so it's a complete mix of properties that we see every day. So just explain how that would work. Cause obviously we work, myself, I work with a lot of developers. So would you go in... Um, set it up, make it look good, and then the developer pays for that to be done, and then you take the stuff away, or does it stay with the flat? Yeah, so there's two different services. Okay. There is that service where if you are selling the property, we furnish it, photograph it, the, pro uh, the furniture stays there for six weeks. Okay. When the property sells, we pick it up, and then for our service apartments, we put it in, and then the 
client buys it all. Buys it off. Yeah, yeah because they're going to keep it for years. And the statistics of um, the speed of, of sale dressed up compared to not dressed up? It, property sale 80% quicker. Okay. Properties that we've had experience with sell 80% quicker than those that aren't staged on the same street. Fantastic. So some, some good inside information there for a lot of our listeners. And I've got a lot of people that are starting out on their property journey, yeah. always asking, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? So that's a fantastic piece of information there um, in the first couple of minutes of, of opening the show. Yeah, so, exactly. Thanks. <laughs> but just more importantly, can I strip it back to when you went to that property event mm -hmm. with, with, with your mum? What, what was it like? Obviously, your mum, most 16-year-old kids, your mum comes up to you and says, oh, we're going to go to this event. Most are like, no, I want to play out. I want to go down the sweet shop. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to do this, this and this. So did it take you by surprise or was, um, you, was you already looking to get into that? Yeah, well, it didn't take me by surprise. My mum always encouraged me to be entrepreneurial okay. and do what I loved. Yeah. Um, so when I was 13, I actually started an eBay business. Okay. Imported things from China and then sold them on eBay. So I had that experience in business already. I, a very and young I, yeah, and I went to like all our business meetings with her. Yeah. Used to like <laughs> skip school and go away with her. Um, so I was always in those sort of circles, meeting people. Yeah. I'm um, and learning how to do business. So when she invited me to go, I was like, well, absolutely. Um, it was not even a question. Yeah. Was it was it daunting going in there? Was it where yeah. where was it? What what kind of event was it? Uh, so it was one in Glasgow. Um, it was like a preview event to start with, where you know it's a free event. You yeah. go and you get a taste of it. Okay. Um, and I, I guess it was all it was quite intimidating, and I feel probably in business I was quite intimidated till I was like eighteen of what people would think and I cut my hair short to look older um, <laughs> because people just at times weren't taking me seriously and I was getting... And you think that's because of your age? Partially it was. I mean, I think it was more of my issue than theirs. Yeah. I was like okay. projecting that that's how they were going to feel. Yeah. And at times it came up, but most of the time... Because what I you think myself, about is what, well, what exactly, you become. Exactly. So, so some all, good information yeah. there as well, guys, just to jump in, you know. Um, if you feel that you're too young to do business, people will feel how you feel and they will see that. Um, it's about being confident and understanding. Age, a num it's just a number. Age is just a number. Oh yeah. Um, and you've learned that now, I take it. Absolutely, yeah. I never thought I'd like be where I am today at yeah. 21. I'm, so I'm glad that I got over that hurdle and then stopped, yeah, projecting How did you get feelings. over that hurdle? I think once I got a little bit of success behind me, so I got my first few jobs, maybe first- confidence. Yeah, first 5K, I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And actually what I'm providing these people is amazing value. It's earning them tens of thousands of pounds. Um, so yeah, I've got the right to be here and my service is great. Good, so good good for you. Um, so let's just talk about, so you, you was at the event, you've come out of that event, you've learned a lot, and then obviously you, your mum bought that, that property, you dressed it up, and or first of all it didn't sell for yeah. some time, you dressed it up, then it sold. What, what was the next steps to start the business? Yeah, so the next steps was I got my first client from a networking event. Okay. Um, and it came to a point in school where I could stay on and get more grades to go to uni, yeah. or I could just leave school. Um, so I just decided, look, I'm going to go all in. I'm, I'm just going to leave school and start it. And yeah. I mean, people at school called me in, like the teachers, and thought I was crazy. Yeah, please I, stay. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Yeah, because I had grades to do whatever I yeah. wanted, but yeah. I just knew that this was a great idea. and. The feedback I was getting from people was was awesome with the service, the price, everything about it. I am so from there for 12 months. I just done it pretty much without a social media account. I made 30k in the first year, um, and the next year I took to social, posted what I was doing, 
Um, and those next 12 months, we hit a million pound mark. Um, so it was massive growth. Just from in two years, it's gone yeah, from that to that. Massive growth in a short space of time. And I think it's because we were so different. Um, I shared my story a lot and people wanted to work with me. Um, yeah, and harnessing that, the power of that reach. So, so jumping forward, because I was going to talk about social media a bit later, but where, where you've brought it up, would you say that it's down to social media that's made you so successful? It's obviously mindset and many other things, but I, I, in terms of marketing and being able to reach people, yeah. social media was a game changer for me. Do you do your social media yourself or do you outsource it to other people? There's some people that are, have just got the knack with social yeah. media. They, you know, they're, they're good, at, they've got the time to, to do it. Some people, some entrepreneurs just don't have the time. Um, what I find is you can sort of tell when somebody else is doing yeah. somebody else's social media. Yeah, you absolutely can. And I have been down the route of paying companies to do it. Yeah. They've only lasted a month because we've just stopped the amount of inquiries. People can tell it's not me. Yeah. So throughout from like 16 to now, I still run all my social media accounts. And that is like my main part in the business is the marketing, being the face yeah. um, and going out and meeting people with the social and everything. So yeah. I've, I've outsourced it a couple of times and but taken it, it back very quickly. And do you have a team that, that help you do it or is everything that you push out all your own ideas? Um, so I have a team that helps me edit and do things like that. Um, with the staging, we have our stagers on the ground which take a lot of the content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all seen by my eyes before it goes, goes, goes live. Fantastic. So that's the social media aspect which we'll come on to a bit later, but your business, the, the property uh, stages, just talk us through that. So obviously you've had some great growth started at 16 two years in you've hit a million that's that's fantastic um it's a great achievement but talk us through that process of obviously originally it was just yourself mm -hmm. how did you build up to get to to where you was yeah so it was originally it was just me and i was doing everything you know i was yeah. furnishing the properties at times i was carrying the furniture <laughs> i'm massively up and down the stairs yeah. to get in the flat <laughs> to save yeah. 40 quid here yeah. and there i've done all the mistakes i was doing the marketing and then at one point we we reached a stage where I just couldn't take on the work and I had to turn work down. Yeah. Um, so at that point I asked my mum to leave her business and yeah. she joined me when I was about 18. Okay. Um, so now we work together every day, which is like so much fun. And it's quite unusual, like we don't really argue. Yeah. And I think it's great because I've got a younger perspective. She's got like a slightly older with more experience. Great, yeah. Um, so that works really well. And then our team grew. Um, to contractors, to full-time employed people. Um, we contract in all of our vans and the people that drive those and our delivery team. So yeah, I mean, overall it was quite a blur how quickly it grew and like we made so many mistakes along the way because yeah. like everything's growing and if you don't really have the business experience, then working out the finances and yeah. everything was it's very tough and it can be daunting. I mean, just, just going on to that, you know, you made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. The only people that don't make mistakes and this is something that our listeners and our viewers should really take is that you know you have to make mistakes to be able to excel and be able to move forward. Um, if you don't make mistakes and you don't take risks, entrepreneurship is, is not really for yourself. Um, so you should look at maybe a different career path. The, um, people that, entrepreneurs like risk taking, they like, we're no different from anybody else, no. I don't think, apart from you know we, we put ourselves in the driving seat, we take responsibility, and we're gonna make sure that it works. Whether we yeah. make mistakes on the way, I make mistakes every day, but the crucial thing is, is not to make the same mistakes. Because Absolutely. if you make the same mistakes, um, you're silly. Yeah. <laughs> you need to learn from, from what you do every day. And 
that's, you know, it, from talking to yourself for such a short period of time, I can see that you've got that drive, you've got that hunger. Um, and that's what you have to have to, to make it in, in the world that we live in. We're no different. Yeah, and I think entrepreneurship's almost been sugar-coated, the yeah. laptop lifestyle, yeah. and I'll sit by the beach with a margarita in my yeah. hand, which yeah. I do like to do yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, for those first couple of years, 16, 18 hour days, every day, yeah. weekends, forget any plans No weekends. Exactly. <laughs> um, and now obviously I've got a team and outsource a lot more, but there's still those days where you're the last one in the office, you're there for 14 hours, and you don't stop till it's done. Yeah. But you enjoy it. Yeah, love it. And 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 I think the art of it is finding something that that you enjoy to do. Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? It's not. People say to me, "Oh, you you, you work long hours," but it, to me, it's not work. It's it's enjoyable. Right? It's my lifestyle. Yeah. Wherever I go, um, even my wife my, on my honeymoon, I'm still doing business because it's not work. It's yeah. it's my lifestyle. It gives me a pleasure. Yeah, and I think it's in you, isn't it? Because yeah. even when I take days off, which is not very often, yeah. but I do struggle to really like not check stuff and not be there. But yeah, yeah it's because it's like, it's what you live for every day. And I can't imagine like how I'd get out of bed in the morning if I didn't, didn't have, have nothing it. to yeah, do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So just just talking about your team because it's tough to build teams. Um, yeah. In my experience, <laughs> it's it's tough to get the right personnel to do the the right thing in in your business. So how have you found that? Team for me, building a team has been the number one most challenging thing in the whole of my business. Yeah. Um, because what we do um, is very creative as well. It's trying to find someone, a bit of a unicorn actually, that's super organized yeah. um, and also very creative with an eye. Um, so we have, yeah, we've had so many different team members. I mean, so many, much experience from it. Um, but yeah, certainly challenging, but I think it's finding people that are better than you at that subject is at what's going to help grow. Yeah. Yeah, at certain things. And it's fine then, but it's, everybody I speak to says the same. So what, what pointers could you give to somebody at that stage in their business? So I think if you're ever looking for your first team member, one of the things I learned to do was anything that I was doing, I was tracking every single task that I'd done in a day. And then I would mark off that that's something that I don't need to do. I could outsource that. Okay. And then that formed my first job description. Yeah. Um, so it was a very detailed of, I literally want you to be using these systems, be able to do this, and then work back from there. I think sometimes when we go for our first employee, I've been guilty of this, is hiring a new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody go, that you get on with. Yeah, and you're, you can like, experience all the highs and lows with. Yeah. But also on that, like they're not the business owner. They don't love it as much as you. Correct. Um, so at five o'clock, they're away <laughs> and you're left with the issues yeah 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 no that's that's some great advice i mean working backwards of the jobs that you can delegate and then passing them out is a good place to start um moving forward mentors mm -hmm. um obviously you started working working with your mum so i take it your mum's always been a mentor to you do you think that helped you get on on the path quicker than other people that don't have a mentor? Absolutely, so my mum was like great mentor for me throughout my whole life. Yeah. Um, she's definitely my role model yeah. and helped me in business, but I've always invested really heavily into my education yeah. as well. Um, so I've currently got two mentors over the next 12 months. Okay. I invest into like five figures every year into my education. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's so important to be with someone that's already at that next level yeah. to, so that you can up your game. Um, so mentorship for me, again, has been massive. Um, and at any point, I will never not have a mentor. Yeah. Um, so always looking for someone. And it's great because 
your soul in your business, whereas they can come from a much higher place and look at it and look completely at it all different. and say, look, you're doing this wrong, or I can see improvement here. Yeah. So mentorship is, is just awesome. How, how do you find your mentors? Um, so usually it's someone that I follow on social media. Okay. Um, and you just reach out to them? I reach out to them, and it's usually someone, I'll probably follow someone for, you know, <laughs> three to six months yep. and I can see I like to see them making progression in their business yep. um, so when they're experiencing real growth at one point with the two mentors I'm with right now I was like right I just need to work with them because I yep. need to be at that level in the next couple of months um, so that's mainly how I find them do you pay them a fee? yeah I pay yep. them yeah okay. um, so like my recent my most recent mentorship was $25,000 okay so there's nothing wrong with, with people with our viewers listening you know to, to pay people to get knowledge um, you know, some people I listen, I, I speak to, and they say, "Oh, what you pay for? You pay for this, you pay for that." You know, what you've got to realise is these people that have been there and they've done it, their time's valuable. Oh, absolutely. And as much as they like you, or as much as you know, they see that you're a good prospect. Um, you know, their time's valuable. So sometimes you do have to, and to, and to some people they're that big. The the money's not not an issue. It's just seeing your commitment. So they're going to give you their commitment to help you, but you're going to put nothing in. So, you know, it's an exchange of of commitment, not just a fee. And the people that I work with are still running their own businesses. Um, So they are actually living what they're teaching. So of course, (laughs) I don't ever expect them to take time out of their diary just to help me because they like me. So Yeah. yeah, I'm more than happy to pay their fee. And I mean, with that mentorship, I made that money back with a new product in the space of a week. So it's like, you can't it's, really it fault makes it. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. So just talking talking back, obviously mentorship, massive for me. Um, I, I talk about it all, all the time and I wish that I jumped into having a mentor in business um, a lot a lot sooner than, than I did. And I think it would have escalated me a lot quicker. But I do say to a lot of people, there's a lot of information on social media. Um, and I think young entrepreneurs now their biggest challenge well not the biggest challenge for anybody um is there's so much information at your disposal what do you what do you follow because i think you can be caught in having three or four different people that you listen to um and they're all telling you something different and all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking well this should be easy i should be able to listen to them they should tell me what to do and i should go and do it but they're sort of not contradicting themselves but they're giving you different information. Yeah, I mean, one of the mentors that I work with always says, put out your best content, always provide your best value, and don't ever be afraid of, if I give all my content out, then I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna have any clients, because who's gonna want to work with me? But I think what mentorship does in particular, so with who I work with, they're not doing it for me. They're giving me probably more detailed information on how to do it, but I think the biggest thing with mentorship is that you are the one that has to go and make it happen. Correct. They're holding your hand along the way, but they're not gonna do it for you. Um, And the people that I coach as well, my clients, like some people come to me and they go, oh, well, can you do this for me? And it's like, no, you can do it for yourself. (laughs) Um, I'll be there to guide you, but if you want me to do this, that's not... I need to be yeah. a partner in your business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, there's that misconception that a mentor is, I'll do it for you, but right. actually it's, I'll hold your hand along yeah. the way. Yeah, and, and give you some advice. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, some, some great information. So ju- just ripping it back, a question that, that's just popped to my head, I think, you know, at, at a young age, 16 to 18, starting your business, you've now um, a million pound revenue income. Um, you've got a team. 
and you're still young, so you've got older people that work for yourself. How does it feel to give direction to somebody that's older and maybe more experienced in the field? Is that a challenge? Yeah, it certainly has been a challenge. So I've had people in my team that are sometimes, you know, 30, 40 years older than me. I am mainly females because of what we do. It's mainly females that apply. Um, and yeah, there has been some tense situations that have came up when they've actually been like, I don't know who you're talking to, Missy, <laughs> things like that, <laughs> where you do get a bit yeah. of attitudes. Um, but I think that's when I was probably a bit younger. I think now I hold myself differently. Um, I've learned to manage a team now, so it's all open communication and we just don't really tolerate that type of yeah. behaviour because I am the business owner yeah. and I am so young, um, but I am the expert in this field. I see that. I, I mean, what I took... People listening to, to this podcast or watching this podcast would have listened or would have would have took something different from that answer than what I took. What I took from that answer is that you're accountable. You took responsibility for them um, things going wrong because of the way you held yourself. So, you know, and that is another key fundamental thing of going into business is you have to be accountable. You have to, you know, when these confrontations happen, um, you can't look at it that the employee or the other person is always wrong. It's about what did I say? How did I hold myself? And Liv just said, maybe it was when I was younger, I wasn't holding myself in the right way. And, and you've changed that. And now yeah. you don't have that anymore. So, you know, that's, that's, that's something that you should always think about, I think. Yeah, I'm a massive believer in that life is a mirror. And so if anything ever goes wrong in a, a relationship, a working relationship, you know, I always look at me and say, what did I do wrong? Correct. What could I improve on? And what is it within me that's bringing that out in them? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a massive thing. Is I think we live in a blame culture as well. Yeah, it's always it's, everybody else's fault. Yeah, it's never <laughs> your fault. But yeah. if you're the, the leadership, then... That's right, yeah, it has to be your fault. It has to be your fault. Well, look, it's been fantastic and it's great talking about your success in your business. What I want to talk about is, is your social media aspect now. Obviously... Um, you're helping people get from six to seven figures through using social media, different platforms. Just um, explain to us how that works. I mean, social media is massive. There's so many millionaires made on, on social media every day now. Uh, people think it's easy. Um, you know, it's just like, oh, I'll get a phone and I'll set up an account <laughs> and um, I, should, I should be a millionaire in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> for me, everything to do with social is about consistency. So it's been on there like you know every day or every two days but being there for your audience yeah and then really speaking to the person that you want to speak to okay. i think a lot of people can speak too vague and speak to everybody but yeah. then you're really speaking to no one i am um, so with what i've tried to do with my account is really speak to the pain points of my potential clients how do you find that people so you mean that your clients your ideal client yeah so you you look at your ideal client what your ideal client is yeah and then all of your content that you put out is for that ideal client. Yeah, and the great thing is, like with most businesses, they're born out of frustration. So with the property staging side of things, yeah. I was my ideal client who couldn't sell their property. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew the pain that I felt and the different issues that came up. Also with coaching people on social media and PR, again, I was in that position myself at one point and brought myself out of it. I have mentorship and different things. I'm, so I knew exactly what that person's going through. 
And I think on social, you want to really, people want to think, oh my God, she's in my head. Yeah. And I get those messages a lot, like, you, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's not an accident. <laughs> I knew that. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, speaking to your ideal client and then also telling your story yeah. um, has been the game changer for me. Really sharing like the hard times, the good times, because people want to see that journey. And as I mentioned earlier, when I find a mentor that I want to work with, I work with them because I've seen their journey. Yeah. I've seen that they went from a million to 10, and I can see that they're a real person, and that if they can do it, I can do it as well. Correct. And the kind of people that you're mentoring yourself on social media, um, what kind of clients are they? If we've got people listening, how do they get in contact if they, if they want your help? Yeah, so I really work with like six or seven figure entrepreneurs okay. who have a business brand, um, but they really want to take things to the next level by building a profitable personal brand. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is obviously looking at your social media strategy, but also a PR strategy as well. Yeah. Um, because I've had massive success with PR. I just had dinner with Boris Johnson a couple yeah, of weeks ago. I was, coming, I was coming on to that. <laughs> um, and that was all through like being featured in BBC and people, but I led with my story. Yes. Um, all How did that come about? The Boris Johnson yeah. dinner. I am basically I got an email from um, Downing Street to invite me to the Burn Supper, which is obviously a Scottish night. Yep. I am, and I thought it was a scam. <laughs> I was like, why would they want why me to be there? I am, and so did many other people at the dinner. Yep. I am so invited, went along. I was actually asked to do the toast to the haggis. Okay. I am, which is where you march around the room behind a haggis with a guy. I am papers on, and then you do like a, almost like a five minute. Post, okay. which is very very Scottish and I was asked to do it the night before um, so it was like massive pressure. Oh so it was like <laughs> yeah. and last then I, I ended up sitting next to the Prime Minister for dinner that night Fantastic. so it was, it was just a wee bit of a studio moment. Yeah very good yeah, yeah. I think that was a um, big achievement as well. Yeah to definitely. And that come from social media? Yep it all, it all comes from you know sharing your story being online the press picking it up which obviously gets you millions and millions of reach so, for example, I was featured in the UK's biggest female magazine yep. with like three million readers. So you can't Fantastic. really put a price on how on many that. eyes are seeing your brand. Yeah, which is great. Um, do you invest in property yourself? Yeah, I do. I'm, so I actually bought my first property at 18. Okay. I, I bought it for 50,000 and then sold it six months later at 90. Fantastic. Um, and I think it sold, that was way above anything else in that area. I, mainly because of the interior design and in the property. Yeah. So even with that, we were implementing the staging. I, and yeah, I've, I've bought a few others since then that I plan to sell on. Yeah, and your ideal client for, for staging, not social media, is a big developer, a single landlord? Our ideal client is a, big, a bigger developer that has you know a lot of properties, um, but we also work with you know landlords that one property that needs sold. Yeah. Um, so it's a massive a massive scale. Like we've just done a block of 45 in London. Um, so we really do from like 50K houses to, you know, millions and millions of pounds worth yeah. of and, and you Obviously where you're growing as a business, you don't deal with everything as much now. You've got a team to do that. Yeah, exactly. So fortunately I get to do the part that I enjoy, which is the social, social. the marketing, speaking at events, podcasts. Yeah. I, and my mum, unfortunately, gets to <laughs> gets do all the, the, other stuff. all the other stuff. And how has it grown? Because, you know, you, one thing that you said is consistency with social media. There's a lot of people on there that start one day and then if it hasn't worked in a week or they're not getting any engagement, forget about it. Yeah. Um, it's tough, social media, because 
it's like a bubble, isn't it? Everything, everything looks so great on social yeah. media and they forget just because you're consistent on social media doesn't mean that everything in your life is what social media says it is. You know, entrepreneurs and we're real people, we still have problems outside of <laughs> yeah. social media, but consistency is the key. But I suppose it's, it's explaining to somebody how to keep going through them tough times yeah. that separates yeah, so... Is that something that you train or help with yeah, on your course? Yeah, totally. Like, social media is a highlight reel of someone's life. Yeah. Um, the, the good side of their yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not posting those, those, those bad days when you just want to end it all yeah. with business. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the things I really, like, coach on. Because for me, like, I have done this now for five years, which isn't the longest time. No, but it's, it's consistent for yeah, five years. Yeah, exactly. But if you scrolled back to my profile maybe a couple hundred posts ago, yeah. I was probably getting one or two likes on each post. So yeah. I think people come in, they see the, the where you are now. But most people that have built up, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, even 5,000 followers, have been doing it for years and years. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's getting a realistic view on where other people are. But it's something we work through because, again, it's, it's a block that if you're not getting that instant result, you're going to give up. Yeah. You're never going to get anywhere you're in life. You're never going to give up. And is, is it mainly just Instagram you use or is it all channels? So I built the whole of the property <coughs> stages all through Facebook. That was okay. completely organic marketing, never paid for advertising. Um, and now with my personal brand, use a lot more of Instagram um, and also LinkedIn is a massive one yeah, for us yeah. as well. So you use all, all platforms. Yeah. And if any guests are, or any listeners are listening and they want help, how can they get in touch with yourself? So yeah, on Instagram is probably the best place. Yeah. Just DM me. So it's Olivia Conlon, which yeah. is C-O-N-L-O-N. <laughs> which which we're, we're connected yeah. anyway. So if, if you're following myself, um, by all means, just mention that you see the ad or you, you listen to this and... Um, Olivia be happy to, to work with yourself. Absolutely. What, what's next for yourself? What's next? Um, so there's talk of a TV programme okay. around home staging, which could be exciting, um, but that's not all through yet. Um, so that's something I'd love to do, yep. to really bring it more into the public eye, because the industry is still in its infancy. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just to continue helping people build their personal brands and follow pretty much in the same footsteps that I have in my journey and, and take them to that next level. Is there many people in property staging? It's, it's definitely a market that's growing. Um, so when I started, there was only a couple of people. There's now an association with a few hundred people. Um, so it's massively growing. Um, but still, it's a very unknown industry. So a lot yeah. of people, I say, I'm a home stager, and they don't even know what it is. Yeah. Um, so, so a I'm lot of our developers um, do do it, but you sh they seem to try and do it in-house. Yeah, um, yeah. some of the bigger developers do it in-house. Yeah. I'm... Is it more cost effective? Probably not. It's no. actually a really reasonable service. To I think most people think that having something in house they do. is is cheaper or is a better value, but it doesn't necessarily work like that. Yeah, I one, don't think. Yeah, one of the things we do is like we're quite an unusual company. We charge everything at cost and then just take a fee for our team to go and do, do it. it. Okay. Um, whereas a lot of people add markup, but we're actually giving it to the the client for cost, and we get massive discounts. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Much. I think we've covered quite a bit today. <laughs> um, and it's been a pleasure having you on. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with yourself, they know how to. Yeah. Thanks for flying over today. It's been Great. a pleasure Thank having you, having you on, on my podcast. Um, look, look forward to, to releasing it. Thanks for coming on. Perfect. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.